Welcome to Crossroads. Happy New Year. Welcome to 2024. It was a great Christmas and Christmas Eve, so let me welcome those of you who were here then. Let me also say this. I give you two weeks off, and you can't even get to church. You know what I'm saying? I, 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 we, we, didn't, we didn't come to church on Sunday morning, the 23rd, because we had afternoon services, and then we always take the next weekend off. And again, it's the first week we've been back, and I thought a lot of people would you know, kind of jump in here, and I see a lot of people still gone. So maybe I don't give you an extra week off next year, you know. No, I'm going to take that week because that's, that's kind of a, that's a great gift to me. So again, uh, also I know a lot of people are sick. A lot of people got the flu and dealing with respiratory ailments and that kind of thing. So we pray for them and we lift them up. Some of them actually watching online. They saw that was kind of on my phone a minute ago before I got up here and saw some people who were watching online. So again, if you're not here, always remember you can join us online, Facebook Live, the second service, this service, the 10 o'clock service in its entirety. Well, it's 2024, and, you know, a lot of times pastors in my position, probably like last weekend, they started talking about a new year and resolutions. And honestly, I've done that before. I've been there, done that. But again, I just kind of, it, it's not my wheelhouse to talk about resolutions. I, I, I honestly, when I come into a new year, I, I typically will look back at the old year. And, and, and I kind of look at the things that I made a mess of. Do you have some things that you'd like to redo from last year? I mean, I think we all do. Uh, I, I, I think if you took the time to look at your life right now in 2023, you could see several things that, you know, you'd say, I'd just like to redo that. And I have a couple of those things. And actually, they happened here at Crossroads within the span of about six months. And again, I've never had this happen to me in my life before like this. But about six months ago, I was up here on this stage by myself. The lights were out, and uh, yeah, thank you. The lights were out, and I was up here doing something. I don't remember what it was. Amy, our children's director, was in Wombaland, which is over here to your right, to my left. And I forgot I was on the stage. And I walked like I was walking on straight ground right off of there. And I landed, like, right over here, and I had on shorts, and again, I, I, my, it jarred my neck, it jarred my jaw, my glasses went off, my keys, everything, you know, I, and she came running, and she said, are you okay? And I was like, yeah, I just fell off the stage. <laughs> and, and, and again, I mean, I've never done anything like that in my life. Got a big scab on my knee here, on this leg, the left leg, and... and it took several, you know, weeks to get that kind of healed because anytime you're bending, it's just not the place you want a, a, a sore or a, a, a boo-boo, as they say at, at, in the daycare world. Uh, uh, but I got through it. Then on Christmas Eve, actually it was the Christmas Eve Eve service on the 23rd, uh, Chris Martin was in here programming the lights, getting ready for you guys to come that evening and the next day. And I was here, and I came in to check on him to make sure everything was, you know, in order. The band was about to be here, and they were going to rehearse and go through all the things that they do. And I had, again, on a pair of shorts and tennis shoes. And I got a text message from uh, somebody in the family. My grandchildren were at, uh, I know I don't look that old, but anyway, I've got grandchildren. And, and they were at the Predators game, and they got on the Jumbotron. You know, they, you know how they kind of show people in the audience. And, and so they sent me the video. And I was walking out of the door at the time. And so I looked at my phone, 
And when I looked at my phone, I, I just kept walking. And I don't know why I did this, but I, 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 again, I don't uh, just, you know, roll with me on this. I, I went out on the concrete porch. I took the first two steps and forgot about the last three. <laughs> and I found myself on the sidewalk. My glasses went about six feet. My keys went the other direction. My phone fell. And, and honestly, can I just ask for forgiveness? I don't know what I said, but I'm sure it was not good. But you know, the first thing I did was I looked around. Did anybody see me? Did anybody? Does anybody been there? And, and I've got scabs. I mean, I've got sores like over here, over here, on my elbow, down here. And honestly, I know we got some visitors here. And again, if, if this is going to get you, you're probably not going to come back anyway. But uh, uh, anyway, we want you to come back. But again, I mean, we're, we're kind of, we're just who we are. I tried to figure out a way I could pull my pants down and show you the boo-boo. You know what I'm saying? But, again, my, I couldn't pull them up, and I couldn't pull them up. I said, so, you know, I'll just let them go with it. But, man, I just wish I could go back and redo those. I wish I could pay more attention. I had taken the time to just pay more attention to what was going on. And, see, that's the thing to me that's interesting about time. There, there's, there's something to me that, that's really interesting about time. Because if I had the time to go back the 23rd and back six months ago, I would have paid more attention. I'd like to be able to redo those times because, again, honestly, my leg is still sore. I didn't break anything, but I'd love the opportunity to redo those things. But that's the thing about time. When it comes to time, you can't go back. You can't go back and do it over. You can't go back into 2023 and relive it. You spend your time, and once you spend your time, it's gone. And think about time. It's different than money. Because when you spend your money, there's, listen, listen, there's always the opportunity to make more money. But when you spend your time, there's never an opportunity to make more time. When we spend our time, we, we get something. We, we get something that's received in the immediate. And, and when you think about time and money together, that, that's when time is like money. When you spend money, you get something for your money. But when you invest money, there's an expectation. You expect a return. An ROI. You invest your money and you expect a return on your investment. And I started to think about this new year and I started to realize that, you know what, the same holds true for our time. And that's what I want us to hold on to as we walk into 2024. We don't have to spend our time this year. But instead, we can make the decision to invest our time. And when we take the time to invest our time, it makes those moments that we want to go back and redo, it makes those moments less frequent. Because when we invest our time, the moments that we actually live in those moments actually become 
more valuable to us. So this morning, I want to spend the first Sunday with you guys, with those joining us online, looking at the importance of time. Not resolutions, those are all good, but I want you and I to look at the importance of time. Think about time, because when, when you think about time, people have lots of odd things to say about time. I mean, Clint Black in that, 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 that good old, I don't like country music, but that good old country song. And what, what did he say? This killing time is killing me. Drinking myself blind, thinking I won't see. This killing time. Think about that, that phrase. Because you can't kill time. Some people say they saving, they're saving time. You can't save time because time is always ticking away. You don't believe me? Ask Flavor Flav. Remember Flavor Flav that had the big clock? You know what? Why did he wear the clock? To remind us that time is always ticking away. People have funny things to say when it comes to time. But the interesting thing is that Scripture takes a much more serious tone when it comes to the subject of time. Ephesians chapter 5, the Apostle Paul says this when it comes to time. Look carefully then when you walk. And I'm looking carefully, okay? I, I don't want to walk off of this in, in front of you guys. Look carefully how you, uh, when you walk, not as unwise, but as wise. Look at what he says, making the best use of time because the days are evil. Paul is telling us to be careful how we walk. Because the days we're living in are evil. And if the days we're living in are evil, then what he's telling us, listen, is that we need to make the best investment of time. Because time, once it's spent or invested, it's gone. The scripture actually has more to say about time. James chapter 4, verse 14 says, What is your life? For you are a mist that appears for a little while, and then you vanish. Think about that. That's your life. Holly, that's Rick's life. Kelly, that's your life. Think about that. Your life is a mist, and then it vanishes. You're here for just a moment, and then you're gone. The psalmist David said this about life. He said, oh, Lord, make me know the end and what is the measure of my days? Let me know how fleeting I am. Jay, put that up there on the screen, please. Behold, you have made my days a few handbreadths, and my lifetime is as nothing before you. Surely all mankind stands as a mere breath. Look at, look at the last word, selah. You know what that means? Stop, pay attention. Pay attention to what you just read. Think about it. 
Think about this moment. Because our lives are a mist. Our lives are a mere breath. It's just a reminder to you and to me how short our time actually is. So this morning I want to sort of plant this whole idea of thinking about time in our spirits. And to plant this idea about thinking about time, I'm actually going to go to a prayer of Moses. It's actually the only psalm in the book of Psalms that's actually attributed to Moses. And it's found in Psalm 90, verse 12. And it will be these words that we're going to look at in just a moment. These are the words that I want to instill in us, hoping that these words would become our prayer. That we would pray this year. So I want us to read these words together. I'm going to read them first. And then we'll read them together the second time. Here's what Moses said. He said, so teach us to number our days. That we may get a heart of wisdom. Let's all read those together. Let's read it out loud and we'll only do it once. Here we go. So teach us to number our days that we may get a heart of wisdom. Really, you know what that says? Teach me to number my days so that I can gain a heart of wisdom. Now look at the words there. Because Moses chose those words very carefully. And he he chose those words very astutely. Teach me to number my days so that I may gain a heart of wisdom. He tells me to to number my days, not my years, not my months, not my weeks. But he tells me to number my days. Because my days are so few that they can be counted. It's interesting because when we think about time... We count things in life that don't really matter. And oftentimes when we count things in life, we measure those things in years. Think about it. Especially when you're a child. You measure things in years. I remember counting down until the year I could go to work. I went to work at 15. I counted down the days until I could get my driver's license. Might I add, I failed it four times. Because I thought I was so smart I didn't need to look at the book. You counted down the years until you graduate. You counted down the years until you could vote. And can I tell you, please register and please vote. You count down the years until you can vote. Many of you are starting to count down the years until you can retire. We count down the years, but let me tell you this morning, Scripture, the Bible encourages us not to count the years but to actually count the days. But there's a problem. We overestimate our years and we undervalue our days. Did you hear me? We overestimate our years and we undervalue our days. Think about it. Some of us are looking back on 2023 and you estimated, like me, overestimated what you could accomplish last year. And the reason you overestimated what you could accomplish last year 
is because you undervalued what you could achieve in one day. So teach us to number our days so that we can gain a heart of wisdom. So how do we number our days? See, in that same psalm that Moses wrote the words, teach me to number my days so that I can get a heart of wisdom, it's not going to be on the screen, but Moses actually made a prediction. And this is the prediction that he makes about your life. He says, the years of our life are 70. And even by reason of strength, maybe 80. Their span is but toil and trouble. And they're soon gone. And we fly away. So Moses made a prediction thousands of years ago. That you would live about 70 years old. And notice that he said by strength maybe you might live to be 80 years old. You know what that means? That means that some of you right now, some of you watching and listening online, you're knocking on those numbers. And some of you, by the grace of God, you've gone beyond those numbers. But can I tell you this morning, no, Moses knew what he was talking about because the average American right now lives to be 78 years old. So if I go to the very end, talking about me, of Moses' scale, 80 years, you know what that means? I have 40 more years to live. No, I'm just kidding. My heart, my mind says yes. My body said no way. Dummy, you're falling down steps. You can't even walk. I have 16 more years to live by Moses. That would mean that I have 5,840 days of life left. So this morning, I want to measure time. And it's usually easier to measure time by going back than it is by going forward. See, I have dates in my life that I could give you lots of dates and I could measure those dates. But there's one date that really stands out. And that date was 15,268 days ago. That's the day that Jenny Lee Etherly made the biggest mistake of her life. <laughs> and she became Jenny Lee Cook. 15,268 days ago. And I, I could name lots of other dates and give you lots of other days and how many days ago that was. But when I think about Moses and what Moses talks about looking at our days, I don't think he was encouraging us to look back at the days. Instead, I think Moses was actually encouraging you and I to look ahead. To look at 2024 and beyond and to look at the life that we've been given. And by looking at that life, that you and I may gain or we may get a heart of wisdom. So I have about 16 days left. Uh, 16 years left. I know 16 days. I rebuke that in Jesus' name. <laughs> yeah, 16 years left. I even rebuke that in Jesus' name, okay? I, I, I'm looking for the rapture. I want to be here when it happens. You better get ready. But give me my 16 years at least, God. Please, 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 please. But parents, I want you to think about it this way. If you are a parent listening, watching, or you are in this room, 
Think about it in the life of your child. From the time that your child was born, the gift of God was given to you, until the time that your child turns 18 years of age, there are 936 marbles or 936 weeks that you have with your child. And some of you would say, well, when it comes to my children, I have already lost my marbles. Amen. I understand. But parents, listen to me. By days, as a parent, you get 6,552 days that you as a parent get to influence your child. And not just to influence your child, but to invest in your child. By the time your child turns nine years old, over half of the marbles are gone. Half the time is gone. Half the weeks are gone. And by that time, you only have 3,236 days left. Before your child leaves home. And in a few years, they turn 15 and then they turn 16 because they're starting to learn how to drive. That means that you have roughly only <laughs> 1,092 days left with your child. Before they leave home. Parents, what I'm telling you is it's limited. Your time is limited. And it's not time that should be spent as a parent. Listen to me this morning. It's time that should be invested. It shouldn't be spent without consideration or without investment. But see, here's what happens. When you ha see how much time you have left, when you start thinking about the time that you have left, it causes you to do much more with the time that you have right now. Some of you look and you say, by Moses' scale, I mean, I'm already beyond that. I have five years. I have two years. I have 20 years. When you see how much time you have left, it makes you think about what you're going to do with the time that you have now. And so for most of us, that means this message is very sobering. Because you know what? I kind of think I'm going to live forever. But I'm not. It's sobering to think about my time is limited. And then at the very same time, this, this message is not meant to depress you. But it's meant to impress upon you the importance of the time that you've been given. You need to understand the importance of the time that God has given you. Because the time that we have been given is time that we should spend making a difference, not just in the lives of the children that God has given us, but we should spend the time making a difference in the lives of every person that we encounter on a daily basis. 
So this morning in this audience, watching online, listening online, there are people pushing 60s, 70s, and 80s. And let me just tell you this morning, if you're pushing 60s, 70s, or 80s, I just want to encourage you, don't get discouraged. Because think about it, Abraham was 75 years old when God put a dream in his heart that he would give birth to a son and he would become the father of many nations. He would be 100 when Isaac was actually born. And they didn't, never, I'm just going to leave it there. Joseph lived to be over 100 years old and was used mightily in Egypt in the recovery of his family. Joshua, the mighty man of God, was used mightily. Think about it. Anna was 84 years old when she held the Christ child in her arms in Luke's gospel to become a part of the greatest story ever told. So this morning, you just need to realize whether you have a lot of time before you or just a little time in front of you. Make the most of your time. Let's invest our time. And this morning, I think the best way that I can help you step into 2024 is to challenge you as it relates to how you can invest your time. And the reason I want you to invest your time is because on a daily basis when there are withdrawals that come your way, I want to make sure that you have everything in your arsenal that you can give in those moments. So the first challenge or the first area that I'm going to give you this morning is super spiritual. And I know many of you are not going to be spiritually mature enough to really understand this. And it's going to catch some of you off guard. But the first investment that you need to make is in your sleep. It's in your sleep. That's what I'm asking you to do. I'm asking you to invest in your sleep. I need you to invest in your sleep. I want you to get some rest. Because whether you realize it or not, you're easier to be around when you've been rested. Come on now. I mean, you're easier to be around when you've had sleep. You are nicer. You're more controlled. You're, more, you're healthier. You're even, you even smile more when you're rested. And I bring this up because I don't think you realize this. Your sleep has been under attack. Your sleep has been under attack. Let me, let me tell you, and I'm going I'm to break the mold right here. It's not by fear. It's not by anxiety. It's not by worry. But your sleep has been under attack since a guy by the name of Thomas Edison in 1879 developed a thing called the light bulb. Because you see, up until that time, listen. Up until that time, human beings were getting about 10 hours of sleep. But since the invention of the light bulb, it's gone to less than seven hours of sleep. And some of you right now are going, what, what does this have to do with God? What, what does this have to do with the new year, my church, my relationship with God? And the answer to that question is everything. Because we just celebrated at Christmas a God who loves to give gifts. Amen? In Jesus. I mean, think about that. He gave us the gift of hope, love, peace, and joy. But do you realize that he has also given you the gift of sleep? 
I mean, do you know that? He's actually given you the gift of sleep. Look at Psalm 127, verse 2. It is in vain that you rise up early and go late to rest, eating the bread of anxious toil. For he gives to his beloved sleep. God gives to you the gift of sleep. And for some of you, listen to what I'm saying. You need, to limit, you need to live in the limits of your rest. You need to live there because God gives you the gift of sleep. I, I find the, the creation account that we find in Genesis interesting. And what's really interesting to me is how Genesis actually, the, the, the creation story, describes the creation of a day. Because when you and I think about a day, we think about a 24-hour span of time. And, and naturally, we think, well, there is morning. And there's evening. That's the way we see time. 24-hour span of time, a day, we see it as morning and evening. But here's the thing. When you read the creation account we find scriptures to tell us something very different. That is not how a day is actually formed. See, in the Hebrew culture, the day actually begins in the evening. And then it runs all morning long. Look at Genesis chapter 1. And God said, let there be light, and there was light. And God saw that the light was good. And God separated the light from the darkness. God called the light day, and he called the darkness night. Now look at what it says. There was evening, and there was morning. The first day. So what does that tell us? That your day, David, begins here in the evening. It begins in the most restful part of your day. That's when the day actually begins. And there have been all kinds of studies when we think about sleep and sleep deprivation that tell us what it actually does to our bodies. Look at this. Listen, listen, listen. Lack of sleep damages a whole host of skills. Empathy, processing information, ability to handle people. But right at the top of the chain, you get overly impulsive, impaired thinking because of the problem of lack of sleep. You need to receive the gift of sleep because God loves to give to his beloved, and that's you, he loves to give you the gift of sleep. So how do you get more sleep? I'll tell you one way. Don't eat right before you go to bed. Come on now, somebody. That pizza at 10 o'clock? There are going to be aliens in the Miami Mall. You know what I'm saying? In your dreams. I mean, you eat a pizza and go to bed, it's going to wreck your sleep. 
Don't eat the pizza because the pizza is going to cause you to dream. Turn off the lights. When we built our house, you know what I put in my bedroom? Blackout shades. It's as dark as you can get in my room. And it's one of the best things that I ever decided to do. Turn off the lights. Or maybe you need to go to bed and put your phone in another room. Come on. Oh, I know that's terrible. I mean, I mean, he's a heretic. He's asking us to put our phones in another room. I could read you study after study when it comes to what the blue light in your phone does and how it stimulates your brain at night and it keeps you from sleep. So I have an idea. What if we just fasted our phones during this period? Evening until morning. Oh, that'd be like ripping out your belly button, wouldn't it? I mean, it, I mean it'd be terrible. What if you fasted your phone from sunset to sunrise? I know that sounds extreme, but, but you need to get your sleep. That's the gift that God has given you. That's the investment that you need to make with your time. Invest in your sleep. Here's the second investment that you need to make. You need to invest in yourself. I believe that you need to, in 2024, you need to make the commitment to invest in yourself. And under self, there are going to be three other kind of subcategories that I really think you need to invest in. You need to invest in yourself physically. You need to take care of your life. If Moses said 70 and by strength 80, what does that tell me? That I've got to do things to get to 70. I've got to do things to get to 80. And many of you, especially in the first service, some of you in this one, many in the last, are living beyond what Moses said. And if that's the case, then I can almost guarantee you that you have done something to take care of yourself physically. You watched what you ate. You watched what you drank. How much exercise you get. And studies will tell you that exercise puts you in a mood and it makes us feel better about life, about jobs, about family, about finances. All because we invested. All because we made the choice to exercise. I live on Blair Lane. Just look for a hundred turkeys in the field. and you'll, That's where I live. I'm serious. If you see me walking up and down the driveway... I'm doing exactly what I'm talking to you about. I try to walk when I walk five miles up and down my driveway. Because I understand the importance of exercise. You need to care about your life. You need to invest in yourself, and you need to invest in yourself physically. As a matter of fact, the Apostle Paul said this in 1 Timothy 4, verse 8. Look at what he says. He says, for while bodily training is of some value... Godliness is of value in every way, as it holds promise for the present life and also for the life that is to come. Now, let me, Jay, leave that up there if you will. Notice that Paul is emphasizing the importance of a godly life, godliness in our life. But also notice what he says at the very beginning, for while bodily training is of value. 
while bodily training is of some value in your life right now. So what he's telling us is that some of us need to work on our lives right now physically. But then there's another area that we need to work on. Here's the second one. We need to work relationally. Parents, listen to me. This needs to be the year. This needs to be the year of the daddy-daughter date. Couples, this needs to be the year of the date night. This needs to be the year of the mother-son adventure. Parents, listen. This needs to be the year that you drive to school with your children in the car and you don't pick up the phone and you don't turn on the radio. This needs to be the year of prayer time and devotion for your family. Because this is the year to invest relationally in your life. This is the year to go deeper in community with fellow Christ followers. You need to invest in your life relationally. You also need to look, look at this third thing. You need to invest in your life creatively. Now that sounds crazy to some of you. But you need to invest in yourself creatively. Because in this room and those watching and listening online, I think there are dreams inside that need to be brought to the surface. There are things that God has put in you. Think about it. You're made in the image of the creator. So that means that you were made to create. There's artwork that needs to be drawn. There are books that need to be written. There's a garden that needs to be planted. There's a dream that has yet to be brought to the service and fulfilled. So this year, in 2024, you need to make the time to be creative this year. Or you're going to say, you know what, I wish I would have. I wish I would have. So if it's going to happen, you have to invest in yourself creatively. And let me just say this. This is not about perfection in these areas. It's just about progress. Did you hear me? It's not perfection. It's progress. It's one day at a time. A little bit of care physically, a little bit of care relationally, a little bit of care creatively. So how do you do that? You need to get a plan. You need a plan to care for yourself physically. You need a plan to, to, to care for yourself relationally or creatively. You need to make a, an appointment. This sounds crazy. You need to make an appointment with yourself. Don't have coffee with somebody else. Put yourself as the priority. Say, you know what? Somebody calls you say, hey, I want to meet you for breakfast. I can't. I, I've already got an appointment. I've got an appointment with myself because I'm taking care of myself. Relationally, physically, creatively. Now, lastly, I think this is the last investment and, and the most important for all of us to make in this upcoming year. And that's our soul. You need to invest in your soul, Crossroads. Can I tell you something? Your soul is not my responsibility. Did you hear me? Your soul is not my responsibility. I'm not responsible for your soul. You are responsible for your soul. You are responsible for the condition of your soul. 
And already right now, some of you are so focused on IRAs, investments, taxes, because it's tax season. And you start thinking about all those things. And we think about all those things and we forget our souls. We fail to examine our soul and the condition of our soul. So I'm going to ask you a difficult question. How is your soul? Starting out in 2024, how is your soul? Because Jesus said, what does it profit a man to gain the whole world and then to end up losing his soul? Don't lose your soul. Invest in your soul. And you say, Randy, well, how, how do I invest in my soul? And if you were to ask me, I'm going to give you two words that are key when it comes to investing in your soul. Here's those two words. Silence and solitude. uncomfortable, doesn't it? When things get quiet, it gets uncomfortable. But can I tell you what God loves? He loves when you quiet yourself before Him. And if you want to prioritize your soul this year, then you need to prioritize spending time in His presence. In solitude and silence. Already, but you don't know how busy I am. I've got the kids, I've got school, I've got work, we've got sports. I mean, it's, it's amazing we even made it to church. You have no idea how busy we are. And you know what I'll tell you this morning? I absolutely have no idea how busy you are. But I'll tell you what I do know. If you don't take the time to invest in your soul, you're going to lose your soul. Because even Jesus knew this. Even Jesus found out how the importance of silence and solitude was, and he modeled this for us. I mean, think about the Gospel of Mark. It starts out, you read it this afternoon, it starts out with all this busy stuff happening, people everywhere, miracles everywhere. But in Mark 1, verse 35, it tells us that Jesus wakes up, which tells us that we need to get sleep, right? The gift that God wants to give us. But look at what it says. And rising very early in the morning, while it was still dark, Jesus, he departed and went to a desolate place. And there he prayed. See, even Jesus knew he needed soul care. Even Jesus knew he needed some time in silence and solitude. Even Jesus needed time alone before the Father. And if that's what he knew, then how much more is that something that we need to do and prioritize in 2024? 
I mean, think about it. Some of you are saying, well, why does this even matter? It matters because those do-overs that you would like to do from 2023, they don't have to be do-overs this year. Because here's the thing, if you've invested in your sleep, if you've taken care of yourself and others, and most importantly, if your soul is full, if our soul is at peace, if your soul is at rest and trust with God, then you know what that means? It means every day that God gives you is a gift. Like that wise man that once said, yesterday is the past, tomorrow is the future, but today is a gift. That's why they call it the present. So today, January 7th, teach us to number our days so that we can gain a heart of wisdom. That's my challenge to you, to make that prayer of Moses your prayer in 2024. That Psalm 90 verse 12 would appear everywhere in your life. That you would go into this next week and you would grab a hold of your calendar and take some time to look at your life, the span of your life, not to count the days of your life. But if you live to be 70 or 80, that tells me that you know what you're going to spend? You're going to spend 26 years of your life asleep. So you need the rest that God wants to give you. You don't need to run into 2024 frustrated. But you need to run into 2024 full of expectation. And what God is going to do in you and through you. Would you bow your head this morning and pray with me? Maybe today's the day that you need to commit yourself to the Lord. You've never done that. Believing that Jesus is who he says he is, the author, the finisher of our faith, as Julio said a while ago, the scripture tells us. Maybe today you need to commit your life to him, whether you're in this room, watching or listening online. It's just actually in your heart believing that Jesus is who he says he is and that he will do everything he says he will do. And that's forgive you of your sin when you call upon his name. Maybe right now in that seat, in that car, in that office, you just need to call on his name, believing that he is who he says he is and that he will do what he said he will do. Use your own words. You don't have to pray a prayer after me. You can come with your own words, just asking God to forgive you, repenting of your sin, turning towards him, believing that he will save you. Maybe for the rest of us, it's a time for us to recommit our lives to the Lord. And say, you know what? We're not going to spend our time, but we're going to invest our time. God, we thank you for this time. We thank you for this church. We thank you for this community. We thank you for what you're doing in this world. We thank you that we can be the light in the darkness. But God, let it be a focus today of how we spend our time. Not spending our time, but investing our time in our families, in our community 
and in our church. God, we love you and we're believing you for greater things as we ask this prayer in Jesus' name. Amen.
So our prayer, teach us to number our days. Not our weeks, not our months, not our years. But teach us to number our days so that we may gain a heart of